Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. I am up with the birds. You may literally hear some birds chirping this morning as I record this in the background. As you know, we travel and we're in the Hopemobile and you get to hear whatever I hear. And today that may be some chirping birds. And I think Dave looked it up, one bird that we were hearing, and it's the uh, Carolina Wren, I think it was. So anyway... You could also hear my cat romping around behind me. I think she's getting some big black eyes here. So (laughs) let's go ahead and get into the episode here. I know a lot of us as a whole, people think, oh my goodness, you're seeing Christmas decorations, fall, Thanksgiving decorations in October, and it just seems like every year it gets earlier and earlier. But for us, we can start thinking about the holidays, even like in August, we're thinking about what am I going to do about Thanksgiving? What am I going to do about Christmas? What am I going to do about this holiday season that's going to be so painful? And so we're getting into that season and let's talk about it. When we face the death of our child, it can feel impossible to believe that God is for us or God is with us. There are so many unanswered questions, and a lot of them start with why or if only. The end of the year holiday season can amplify everything that we're already thinking and we're already feeling, especially the questions and the pain. But no matter how much pain I'm in, Somehow, I know that God is the only one who can truly help me and get me through this. Now, a few years ago, right before Thanksgiving, I was spending some quiet time with the Lord, and the words, Emmanuel, God with us, hit my spirit with almost an explosion. And I just cried out to God, and I told him that I desperately wanted and needed him to be with me every day of this next month coming up to Christmas. I wanted to feel him. I needed to know his peace in a very tangible way. And I suddenly had a picture in my mind of our family's Advent wreath. Now, as our children grew up, We had quite a few years where we did an Advent wreath because it helped us focus from the commercialism and the frazzled busyness of the season to Jesus. And I would look online or in a Christian bookstore and I would find an Advent book, a different one every year that I thought would be good for uh, the kids, Dave and I, to go through. And every night before the kids went to bed, we would light the candle and read from the Advent book. And so the thought came to me to have my own Advent time with the Lord each night, digging out, because we hadn't done it for several years, but getting out the, the wreath and the candles based on the symbolism of hope, love, joy, and peace that we have through Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us. So I wanted to have a time where I specifically focused on who he was within my pain and the loss of my daughter. And I decided not to do it alone, but to include anyone who had the same desire and cry in their heart as a bereaved parent. And so that first year, I went live on Facebook every single night during the Advent season. Now, that's four weeks, lighting a candle and sharing something about the word it represented. 
I would write it out and then I would read it and let whoever wanted to join me join me. So the next year, I decided to do it again, but not to go on every night because it was hard and there were a few nights that I just couldn't do it. So I decided to change things up a bit and only do a live candle lighting on the four Advent Sundays. And I turned that script that I had written the year before into a published book which is called Hope for the Future, An Advent Journey for Bereaved Parents. Our life here on earth is not a destination. It's a journey. And when we're going on a trip, sometimes we make plans. We know exactly where we're going and we get there without any problems. Sometimes we know where we're going, uh, where we want to go, but we need a map or a GPS to guide us to the right place. And sometimes the road changes, and even the GPS has no idea where we are. I've had that happen. You probably have too. And that's how we feel after the death of our child. We feel lost and hopeless, not knowing where we're going, much less how to get there. Now, just to let you know, the next two episodes, I am going to have a guest on. Her name is Jill, and we're going to talk about comparing our grief journey to a road trip. So I hope you uh, join me for those. But this week, I've pulled out parts of this Advent book that I want to share with you today as an encouragement and a reminder of what the coming up holiday season, especially Christmas, is really about. It's good and needful for us to remind ourselves because it really is such a family time. It really is. If, if you're like me, when Becca died, I discovered how much Christmas really was about my kids. And as much as we try to make it about Jesus, it's just it just comes in, doesn't it? It's just part of Christmas. So to spend time reminding ourselves of what we're really celebrating, to me, was very helpful. And I hope this will be helpful to you too. Jesus was born into a world of darkness, of unbelief and confusion. He was born as the light of the world. Even death could not put out that light because not only was Jesus born to die, I mean, that was his whole purpose of being born when you think about it, but it was also to be resurrected. He came to bring light into the deepest darkness. I mean, he went to hell, right? And snatched the keys of hell and death. He came to bring resurrection life from death. Not just the death that causes our bodies to quit and our spirits to leave them, like what happened to our kids, but the death that happens in our own souls after the death of our child. And that is where Emmanuel, God with us, comes in. He becomes our guide in the darkness. He knows where the path is, and he will help us navigate to each road we need to be on while traveling this grief journey. Advent the meaning is it's a time of waiting. And the most common use of the word Advent is waiting to celebrate Christmas or the birth of Jesus. But you and I are more excited about something else we're waiting for, and that is being reunited with our child. About a year after Becca died, I confided in a friend, and you may have heard me say this before, that I felt guilty because I was more excited to get to heaven to see Becca than I was to see Jesus. And that made me feel bad. And my friend so graciously replied, but Laura, you've made a deposit there. What a, a precious thing for that friend to tell me. And later God confirmed that to me. One morning in my time with him, he confirmed to me that it was okay to feel that way. 
I was reading in Matthew and I got to Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 that says where your treasure is there your heart will be also. One version says it this way, your heart will always be where your treasure is. Well, of course our heart is in heaven because one of our greatest treasures is there and I believe Jesus understands how anxious we are and how excited we are about seeing our children again. I mean, he made it possible. Why? I, I think he's excited and glad that we're excited about it, that we have this excitement of being able to see our kids again. Without the hope of heaven, we get lost in a drowning sea of grief. We will probably never understand why our child had to leave us so soon. That part of child loss will always be a mystery to us while we're here. But with heaven to look forward to, we know that we can make it through today. And remember, each day that we're here on earth, we're not getting farther away from our children. Each day we're here, we're one day closer to being there. We're one day closer to our children. If you were to see pictures of baby Jesus in other cultures, you might be surprised. To the Africans, Jesus is a little black baby. To the Chinese, he has slanted eyes and that yellow type skin. To the Germans, a baby Jesus has big blue eyes and yellow curls. To the Mexicans, he has olive skin and brown hair and dark eyes. And what's so awesome about that is that Jesus is so real, he's so personal, that he belongs to each of us. He really is Emmanuel, God with us. And we know Jesus was a little Jewish baby, that's what, that's what he looked like. But to each of our cultures, Jesus looks like us. And it may have looked like Jesus came as a sweet little baby, and he did, but he also came as a mighty king. I mean, the, the wise men, they knew that. They came and brought him these kingly gifts because they came to find this king that had been born. Now, we know he didn't come as an earthly king to overthrow an earthly government, but to overthrow Satan, who is the spiritual ruler of this world, and to nullify the eternal effects of the horrible things Satan puts in our individual lives while we're here on this earth. I want to say that again. Jesus came to nullify the eternal effects of what Satan wreaks havoc here on this earth. Jesus is not a ruthless king, although we might think so after the death of our child. Yes, he came to right the wrongs, but not the way we often think that he would or even that we think he should. And it's just like it wasn't the way the disciples thought. He didn't come for a temporary earthly fix. He came to make things permanent for all of eternity. He is the Alpha and the Omega that we read about in Revelation 1 verse 8, which means he is the beginning of all things and he is the end of all things. Not only does he have the final word, he is the final word. I want you to think about this. Jesus, our king, has never lost a battle that he was brought into. His strategies are often going to be different than our strategies would be, and there may be times we don't like the playing field we find ourselves on, but when we bring him into our battle, he always has the final word and the final victory. There's a song that's been around for many years, and it says, sometimes he calms the storm, but sometimes he calms his child. 
earthly kings might be able to control some physical things here and there, but only King Jesus can bring his kingdom inside of us. For instance, he can bring peace to our shattered hearts, and that is so much of a greater rule than any earthly king or kingdom. Jesus wasn't just a baby. He isn't only a king to rule and reign, but Jesus is also our shepherd. John chapter 10 talks about the thief, the enemy who's after the sheep, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy them. The enemy attacks the flock and scatters it. But we have a good shepherd, Jesus, who will leave the 99 sheep to go after the one who's been attacked and is lost and wounded. And that would be you and me. Psalm 23 is probably one of the most familiar scriptures in the Bible, and I love the complete Jewish Bible version of this. It starts out by saying, the Lord Adonai is my shepherd. He has me lie down in grassy pastures. He leads me by quiet water, and he restores my inner person. I love that. He restores my inner person. Hebrews 13 talks about how the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. What a wonderful thing he's done. We're in a blood covenant with Jesus, our shepherd, to provide things like peace for us whenever we need it. And the best part is, is that it doesn't matter how far away you are from God in your anger or your unforgiveness, God has peace for you. How do I know this? Because he tells us that in the Bible. Isaiah 57, 19 and Ephesians 2, 17 both tell us that there is peace to those who are both near him and those who are far away from him. How about another promise from the one who has the final word? Jeremiah 33, 6 says, I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace. He will heal your wounded, shattered heart. Maybe not as soon as we want and not even a complete healing here on this earth, but he will do it. Luke 1, 79 tells us that Jesus came to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is our shepherd to guide us into a place of peace, a peace that doesn't make any sense after the death of our child, but their death isn't the end. It's not the final word. Peace is being extended to us. Our part is to let go of what we are carrying that keeps us from accepting his gift of peace. It's an exchange. We give him our fear and anger and doubts and bitterness and all those things that are stirring up in us and and taking us under. And in exchange, he gives us things like peace and hope and love and even joy again. It sounds like a pretty good deal on our end. Most of us are familiar with the promise in the book of Revelation about God wiping away all of our tears. But did you know that it's because he is our shepherd. It's found in Revelation chapter 7, verse 17, and it says, For the Lamb, 
at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Isn't that incredible? That is in the context of Jesus being our shepherd and he'll lead us to springs of living water, of life again, and he'll wipe every tear from our eyes. Eternity doesn't just start for us when we die, though. It starts as soon as we are conceived. Eternal resurrection life is available to all of us now in this life here on earth. Jesus came to bring God's resurrection power into our lives while we are here on this earth, not just after we die and leave this earth. There is hope in your future, but not just your future in eternity after you die, but in eternity now while living out your time here on earth. So it's important that we continue moving forward in our earthly purpose so that when we join our child who is waiting for us and that we're so excited to see again, that we and our child will hear the wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. Like I said, that was pieced together from the book Hope for the Future, which is an Advent book for bereaved parents. And I'll just answer a few questions you may have about it right now real quick. And one of them may be, okay, if this is an Advent book, when do I start? When do I need to have the book by if I want to get it? Well, Advent starts at a different time each year. It always starts on the fourth Sunday before Christmas. And this year, that is November 28th. So what will you need? You don't have to have your own Advent wreath, but you may find that lighting the Advent candles each evening adds to the depth of the experience. It sure does for me and, and other parents I've heard from. You don't have to, but Advent wreaths can be purchased at various stores. You can find them online, or you can do an internet search and get a lot of ideas of how you can put one together yourself. If you were to research what color of candles to use for the Advent wreath, you would find they're usually purple and pink. But I decided to use colors that made the most sense to me personally based on the word it was representing in our unique view of Advent. And the colors are explained in the readings each week and why I chose the colors I did. But uh, the four colors that I use in this book are green is for hope, Blue is for peace, yellow is for joy, and red is for love. And then there's a white candle in the center that's more of a pillar candle, or it can be, uh, but it's white, and that gets lit Christmas Day. I'm going to back up to that green being hope, because you may be wondering, why in the world did you pick green for hope? And I'll just tell you real quick, because green represents life. And we need hope to live again, right? And so uh, I'll talk about that in the book, but that's why I picked green for hope. Many stores have the various colors of candles you need. A lot of them don't have these colors, believe it or not. Uh, my recommendation is Hobby Lobby. And if you have one in your area, uh, go check it out because they usually have all the colors in a whole bunch of different sizes. Okay, so how do I know when to light the candles and which ones to light? In each reading, in each daily reading for those four weeks, you will be instructed which candles to light and when to light them in your reading. So the last question I'm going to answer here is uh, you might be wondering how you join me live each week during the Advent season on Sunday evenings. 
Well, starting on the first night of Advent, November 28th, and then each of the following Sunday nights through the Advent season, I go live on our Grieving Parents Sharing Hope Facebook page. Now, last year, I did have a parent say, I'm not on Facebook, and I really want to do this with you. So I went live on YouTube also, and it was a, uh, I did both. I went live on YouTube and live on Facebook. So I will try to do that again. And it, it's at 8.30 p.m. Central Time is when I come on. This year, I'm going to be presenting workshops on the Grief Cruise, which is going to be the first week of December. So my friend and fellow author and fellow perever Sarah Nelson, will be taking my place, lighting a candle, and doing the live reading that second week. Now, just so you know, the book can be ordered on Amazon or from any other major book outlet. All of this can be found on a webpage about the book. If you want to check it out, go to gpshope.org slash adventbook, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. Before we go on to the birthdays, I would like to ask a favor from those of you who already maybe have the book and you've read it in a previous year. Would you please go to Amazon or wherever you purchased your book and leave a rating with a review? Because the more good ratings and review it has, the more Amazon will select it as a book to put in front of people who are looking for something like this. Plus, we all know that we check out the reviews before we buy something, so you will be helping other perivers find a very helpful tool for the Christmas season. So thank you for that. Okay, let's go ahead and go to our birthday segment today. Laura Ann was born on November 17th and is forever 15. Cord Ramsey Davis was born on November 18th and is forever 20. Four. Philip Boothelier was born on November 19th and is forever 49. Austin Waterman was born on November 20th and is forever eight and a half. Benjamin Kravitz was born on November 21st and is forever 32. Jacinda Avina was born on November 22nd and is forever 18. Jacob Letourneau was born on November 22nd and is forever 21. We know how important our children's birthday is to us, and we celebrate with these families the day these children came into the world. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, I would be honored to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There's just a little form to fill out with the information I need. Submit it, and I will add your son or daughter to the birthday segment the week of his or her birthday. There is a hope in your future because he is Emmanuel God with us. Not only is he the coming king who will be riding on a white horse in the clouds, but he is here with us now, dwelling inside of our very being, comforting us, guiding us, and bringing light back into our darkness. Let me pray over you uh, before I close this out today. Jesus, you are truly Emmanuel, God with us. And you're not just with us, but thank you that you are in us through the Holy Spirit. You know 
that this time of year can be so brutal for those of us who've lost a child, especially those first few years. We desperately need to feel your presence, your peace, your love wrapped around us. Lord, we need hope and we even need moments and glimpses of joy in our lives in the next few weeks especially. We want to celebrate and thank you for the light, your light, that pierced the deepest darkness when you came to earth. And Jesus, because you came as a baby and you lived here on earth and died and rose again, we know that death is not the end for our children or for ourselves. Death wasn't the end for any of us. And our children, I thank you, God, that they are more alive than we are right now because you came to earth as one of us. Thank you for the hope we have in our future, not just when we leave this earth, but while we're still here as each one of us navigates our purpose without our child here with us. Holy Spirit, help us to hold on knowing that the pain will ease because with you there is always hope. Amen.